Hello, welcome to the podcast of First Church. I'm glad you could join us. This message was preached by our senior pastor, Timothy Wisnett, on Sunday, March 6th, and it was titled, The House of Multiplied Mercies. It was a great word, and we pray you're blessed by it once again today. Let the Lord share with you a word today. Jude chapter 1 and verse 2, just one short verse of Scripture. And as you're turning there, I want to just uh, encourage you this next Sunday. We're going to have a great time. If you've never heard Pastor uh, Vicente Rojas, you are in for an amazing blessing this Sunday. Amen. He is a tremendous man of God and a dear friend. And uh, we're working with him to build churches in Colombia and Guatemala. Amen. And so, so thankful, so thankful for him. So be here this Sunday as we celebrate each other. Amen. And what God is doing. Jude chapter 1 and verse number 2. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Would you read that with me? Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. The New Living Translation says, may God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I know my body's a little tired, that 35,000 miles in the last 13 days, but there is strength in the anointing in this place. Amen. Jude says, may God give you more and more mercy. Everybody say, more and more. Shout it, more and more. Mercy. Look at somebody and tell them, may mercy be upon you today. Amen. Let us pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your word, for the liberty and your presence that we feel in this house in such a tremendous way. I pray that you would anoint me today. Touch me, God. Anoint these lips of clay to speak as the oracle of God. Anoint every ear to hear, every mind to understand, every heart to receive, and every spirit to bear witness of your word. We thank you, Jesus, in advance for the liberty and the victory that is going to be won in this place. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. And would you just give the Lord a hand praise before you are seated. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. The Japanese tell a story about a house of 10,000 mirrors. Everybody say, a house of 10,000 mirrors. The story goes on. As legend says, a small puppy dog learned about this place and decided to visit the house of a 1,000 mirrors. This little puppy was so happy to visit this place that he when he found it, he ran up the stairs, his ears lifted high and his tail wagging just as fast as possible. To his great surprise, he found himself staring at 1,000 other little puppies who were just as happy as he was, wagging their tails, ears straight up, and showing their teeth in joy. He smiled a huge smile, and 100,000 puppies smiled right back at him. He wagged his tail, and a 1,000 puppies wagged their tail right back at him. And as he left the house, he said to himself, this place is wonderful. I'm going to come back and visit this place every day. 
Legend goes on that in that same small village later that day, there was another dog who wasn't very happy and he wasn't very likable. And he went to that same place when he heard of the house of a thousand mirrors. And he decided to visit that place and he slowly climbed the stairs with his Eeyore spirit. If you know Winnie the Pooh, you know Eeyore. And he climbed the stairs with his head hung low and his ears laid down. And he cautiously walked inside the house and he saw a thousand unfriendly dogs staring back at him. He growled and showed his teeth and you know what? A thousand other puppies growled and showed their teeth. He was frustrated and angry and he looked at a thousand other frustrated and angry puppies just like him. And as he left the house of a thousand mirrors, he thought, this is a horrible place and I'll never come back here again. Of course, that house wasn't filled with 1,000 dogs, either happy or sad. The house was filled with a thousand mirrors. And the law of the mirror is nothing more than this. A mirror only reflects what is before it. A mirror only reflects what is before it. That's why studies are showing more people are uh, promoting themselves through filters. I'm not preaching against them. I'm just telling you a fact. They got little deer ears and a little button nose and big eyes and Bambi dots. Bambi was a boy, by the way. They got, they, I mean, they got filters that make Freddy Krueger look like cover girl. Because we don't like what's in the mirror. We'll digitize a change. But a mirror still holds the absolute truth. It reflects what is in front of it. I can think of another house that had many, many mirrors. Solomon built such a house for God. It was a house within a house. And within that house, there was an innermost house. And everything was overlaid with shining gold. The floors, the walls, the ceilings, everything covered with pure shimmering gold. And Solomon had built a house, if you would, of many mirrors. In 1 Kings chapter 16, in verses 19 through 22, and I read in the New King James Version says, And he prepared the inner sanctuary inside the temple to set the ark of the covenant of the Lord there. The inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long and 20 cubits wide and 20 cubits high overlaid with pure gold and overlaid uh, the altar of cedar. So Solomon overlaid the inside of the temple with pure gold. He stretched gold chains across the front of the inner sanctuary and overlaid it with gold. The whole temple he overlaid with gold until he had finished all the temple. Listen to this last phrase. Also, he overlaid with gold the entire altar. Everybody say the entire altar. 
that was by the inner sanctuary. The primary piece of furniture within the inner sanctuary or the holies of holies or the house within the house, the inner house within the inner house, amen, was the Ark of the Covenant. Angelic wings were beaten, uh, uh, made of beaten gold, and it reached across the blood-spattered mercy seat. You see, mirrors only reflect what is before them. But what did these walls and ceilings and floors of gold reflect? I'll tell you what they reflected. They all reflected the mercy seat where God showed his mercy to mankind. Everywhere the priest looked inside the house, within the house, in the holy of holies, everywhere he looked, he saw mercy. He saw mercy to the east and mercy to the west. He saw mercy to the north and mercy to the south. He saw mercy at the highest reaches of the temple and he saw mercy at the lowest reaches of the temple. Amen. The house of God is the place where God's mercy resides. And understand, it's not mercy, not just a simple mercy for one occasion. In this house, you will find the mercy of God multiplied. The mercy of God is found in the altar. The mercy of God is found in the baptistry. The mercy of God is found in, and it must be found in the pulpit. It must be found in the pew. And the mercy of God must be found in the foyer. It must be found in every Sunday school room and the mercy of God must fill the house. The mercy of God must be everywhere. So Jude writes, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. This morning I want to preach to you for a few moments on the house of multiplied mercies. The house of multiplied mercies. You see, God is merciful. Let me say it again. God is merciful. The word to describe God most in the Bible is holy because he is a holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the threefold anthem chant of the angels who fly about the throne room of God. God has a character and his character is holy. God reflects that character upon us and, and God tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16, he declares, be ye holy for I am holy. 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 29 tells us that we worship God in the beauty of holiness. It's still important this morning that we lift up holy hands and we lift up holy hearts and we lift up holy worship for a holy God. God reflects his holiness upon how we serve him. Our service to God must be a holy service. But another word to describe the way God deals with us is his mercy because he is a merciful God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 3, the apostle Paul called God the father of mercies. 
The father of mercies. There's two fathers of which you can be born of. The father of lies or the father of mercies? I want to follow the father of mercies. We are told to praise God for his mercy 41 times in the Old Testament. Psalms chapter 36 tells us 26 times his mercy endureth forever. 26 times we are reminded to praise God for his goodness. 26 times we are reminded to praise God because he is merciful and he is good. 26 times we are reminded that God is a giver of mercy. 26 times we are reminded that we are here today only, only by the mercy of God. Oh, is there anybody here this morning that would love to thank him for his mercy? For his mercy endureth forever. And it's also important to note that it's not just mercy singular, but it's mercies plural. God doesn't just have one mercy. He has many mercies. See, I'm not, I'm not preaching... To, to Brother Holy and Sister Sanctified that never needs God. I'm, I'm preaching to some folks like me that need God's mercy. Because I'm, I'm preaching to some of that had just failed God once in the last month or year, but you failed God hundreds of times. I, I've got to preach to you. He's not just the God of the first fall. But he's the mercies of the second, the third, the tenth, the twentieth, the thousandth, the ten millionth time. Because his mercy endureth forever. For as far as your sin may endure, his mercy goes even further than that. I've come to preach to you this morning about a house of multiplied mercies. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, in Ephesus 2 and 4, and he says, but God, everybody shout, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. An infinite God with infinite goodness chose to multiply his mercy. He is not content to be merciful to you once, but he wants to be merciful to you every day that you live, every hour every minute, every second of your life with every breath that you breathe God is determined to extend new mercy to you he's a God of multiplied mercies in Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 17 the latter part says but thou art a God ready to pardon gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and forsookest them not. Isaiah 55 and 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly 
pardon. God's mercies are great and he multiplies those mercies to everyone that is in need. And I'm reaching and preaching for somebody today who is in need of the mercies of God. You don't need another pat on the back. You don't need a handout. You don't need somebody to coddle your, your pride. You don't need anybody to build up your low self-esteem. But you know what you really need in this place today. And what you really need is a house of multiplied mercies. And you need to encounter of God who has fresh mercy for you today come to tell you that if you're in need of mercy this morning he will supply it I said he will supply it and he will not turn you away David said in 1st Chronicles uh, uh, chapter number 12 in verse 13 uh, he said I I am in great distress Uh, let me fall into the hand of the Lord uh, for his mercy is very great Uh, but do not let me fall uh, into the hands uh, of man in other words what David was saying was simply this when I fall don't let me fall uh, into the hands of my enemies uh, and don't even let me fall into the hands of my peers but not if I fall but when I fall let me fall into the hands of God for in the hands of God are the sure mercies for he will pardon and he will forgive His mercies are many and he enlarges them to cover the need. No matter what you've done, no matter what you need, God has a mercy in this place for you today. Isaiah 55 and 3, the prophet declares and he says, Incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. Because they're not just mercies, they're sure mercies. I said they're sure mercies. That that means guaranteed mercies. That means satisfaction guaranteed or you sin back. Satisfaction guaranteed or you fail your back. But God's mercies never fail. Men will fail. Friends will fail. Family will fail. But God will never fail in his sure mercies. You are in a house of multiplied mercy. Oh, go ahead and shout unto the Lord if you believe that. shout sure mercies there are countries around the world I've been privileged to be in quite a few of them where public transportation is the primary method of transportation I like independent travel not dependent travel I like I like being able to stop at Walmart if I need to stop at Walmart amen Hallelujah. Glory to God. And stop and get barbecue or Popeye's if I'm hungry. 
But in a lot of these countries, everyone takes the bus. I've been on some of them buses. Some of your greatest prayer meetings will come on them buses. In the majority of these countries, those buses are, you're packed in there like sardines in a can. Amen. You're touching people you don't want to be touching. And people touching you and you don't want them touching you. And you smelling things you don't want to smell. Don't shout me down when I'm telling the truth. Hallelujah. I've been there and, amen, and pulled them out of my pocket. I've been done it, done it enough. I'll pull out of my pocket a little atomizer of cologne I have and I'll just spray it and hold on. Everybody starts looking around. They start smiling. Amen. I gifted them with mercy. I didn't want to smell that funk no more. Amen. So I just spray them down. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that, and you're holding on for everything you're worth. And they drive because the traffic is atrocious in these cities. And the roads are usually in terrible condition. And it seems as if every bus driver thinks he is Mario Andretti or a NASCAR driver or in a demolition derby. So consequently, passengers have to hold on to the handrails so that when the driver whips around the car he's racing or sees how many potholes he can hit. You've got to hold on to something sure so you don't slip on the journey. Because I'm not talking about California potholes. I'm talking about six inches deeper and it'd be the Grand Canyon potholes. And I'm not talking about passing a car with enough room that just makes you uncomfortable. I'm talking about swiping paint with the bus beside you while you're running up on curbs, small children and animals. And it's throwing you all over the place. And you don't have the dignity to keep your hair in place and make sure that your purse is still displaying the name brand so everybody's impressed by what you got across your shoulder. You're holding on with everything you got because you know you cannot control the journey, only the destination. And if you're gonna make it in one piece, you got a hold of something. You gotta hold on to something sure and you gotta get a sure grip on it. The same way you're going to have to live for God in the same way. There's going to be some potholes. There's going to be some turns. There's going to be some jolts. There's going to be some wrecks. There's going to be, but you got to hold on because there is sure mercy. I'll tell you what you learn pretty quick. You learn to hold on. And it's hard to point fingers when you're holding on. Oh, let me say that again. I'm by, I'll preach. I might buy my own tape. I'm preaching so good right now. It's hard to point a finger when you're holding on for everything you got. It's hard to stay dignified. 
You see, sometimes I come to church and I look like I got it together, but if you only knew the wreck I was going through to get here. I don't got time to say it's your fault or your fault or your fault. No, I'm just trying to hold on with everything I got. So pardon me if I don't get in your drama. I'm just trying to get to another day by holding on to the mercies of God. I'm going to tell you what. You'll have a hard time getting caught up in people's soap operas when you're holding on for dear life to the mercies of God. And you'll have a hard time criticizing everybody else for not holding it together while the bus is bumping because you're trying to hold it together yourself. Psalms 19 and 156 says, Great, great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. In the New uh, International Version, it says, preserve my life according to your laws. His mercies are what give you life. When this world has sucked all the life out of you, the mercies of God breathe the life back into you. Psalms 103 and 4 says, who hath, uh, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Did you know that the mercies of God are a crown? Oh, hallelujah. Did you know the mercies of God are a crown? Look at somebody and say, I, I, I see a crown on you. And it ain't because I've been to Claire's and bought a tiara. You know what mercy shows? Mercy shows that you're a child of the king because only royalty can wear a crown. Snobbery doesn't show you're saved. Being hateful to the lost don't show you're saved. Being unkind to people in need doesn't mean you're saved. But what means you're saved? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one toward. And some of you need to put off the hat of judgment and put upon you the crown of mercy. See, there are those, there are some of us here today that shouldn't be alive, but the mercies of God intervened. There are those here this morning that should be dead from a drug overdose, but the mercies of God moved in. There are some this morning that shouldn't be here because of alcoholism, but the mercies of God, you fill in the blank of what sin did in their life, but here they are today with a crown of mercy upon them. God has crowned you. Hey Amen. I, I know he's translating right now, but hey man, come here, Brother Roberto. I'm going to brag on him for just a, a, a moment. 
Amen. Have you, you seen what this man done the last week? Amen. You, you, you know I'm bragging on you. We were riding up the river. Amen. It's, he, he's only been saved a couple years. He's already doing missions work. And we were going up the river. Amen. We were going up the river that Brother Garza, and he showed, pulled out his phone, and he showed us a picture, and there he was set behind a table, and about 15 or 20 Corona bottles spread across the table, amen, and he looked to be a little out of his wits, amen, and back then that was called a good time, and he looked at that and said, I, don't, I, I can't even believe I used to do that. I used to thought that was the best life can get, but here I am now, and I wouldn't trade anything in the world for where I am sitting on a boat in the middle of the Amazon. I wouldn't trade it. You know what that is? You can't see it, but on top of Brother Roberto is a crown. It's the crown of mercy. He went from drinking the crown to God putting the crown on him. It's the crown of mercy. Has God been merciful to you? God is merciful. God has mercy. And God multiplies his mercy upon his people. And just as the rivers look for a sea, and just as the sun kisses the earth, mercy is looking for you this morning. And not just any mercy, but mercy has set its affection upon you this morning. I don't know who you are, where you are in your walk with God. But mercy this morning before you ever got up and brushed your teeth, hopefully. Before you got up and combed your hair. Before you got up and even decided you were going to come to church. Mercy woke up too. And mercy set its affection on you. And it will not be satisfied with anything less than the object of its affection. And you may have thought you were coming to church today. And it was just going to be another service. It was just going to be another time to come to the house of God. Amen. But I'm telling you, before you even walk through those back doors, mercy was here with a smile waiting on you. And mercy is determined that before you leave this place, mercy is going to open up all over you. And mercy is going to wrap its arms around you because this is the house of multiplied mercy. Times of great need, nothing speak to, nothing can speak to a man's heart, to a person's heart, like the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 130 and verses 1 through 8 says, Out of the depths I have cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. 
I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquity. In other words, David said, for great sin there is plenteous redemption. And for multiplied misery, there is multiplied mercies. Oh, come on, lift your hands to the Lord. I feel him in this place. Oh, I feel the touch of God moving in this place right now. There is multiplied mercies in the house of God for you today. For every sin you've been forgiven, there should be a foundation of worship that you give to God from your heart. Psalms 134 tells us that God has just what man needs, and that is forgiveness. And because of this, we should be reverent and be worshiping him because of his faithfulness and his mercy. close as Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says in Romans 12 and 1 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service for every minute of the day there is a mercy from God Lamentations 3 and 22 through 23, the weeping prophet said, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Entering into the Holy of Holies in Solomon Temple was only allowed once a year. A special man would pass through the veil. From the veil, he would go through and see the mercy seat, the place of mercy. Because of the mirrored reflection of the gold on the walls, the floors, and the ceilings, it looked like a house of a thousand mirrors. And everywhere he looked, he didn't just see mercy. He saw multiplied mercies. The blood of the lamb, although it was only upon that mercy seat because of the reflection on the ceiling and the floor and the walls, everywhere that priest looked, he saw the shed blood of the lamb. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said, I don't want to know anything about any of you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, everywhere I look, I just want to see the blood. Just like that house in Solomon's temple reflected the mercies of God. 
the house you're in right now will reflect the mercy of God. We are the mirrors that reflect the mercy of God. I want to be clear. I don't think I'm anything great. I'm just a mirror. This church, and I thank God it is, but I want to challenge it to continue. This church in the city of Woodland in Yolo County, this church needs to be a house of a thousand mirrors where the mercies of God are multiplied. This is not a house of judgment. This is not a courtroom. It's the house of multiplied mercies. Pastor, you don't know what they've done. Yeah, well, you must not have considered what you've done. And it doesn't matter what sin you've committed or how you've trespassed God. For all sin is equal in the sight of God. Every person in this place this morning needs to reflect God's mercy and love. I see mercy on every face in this place right now. I see mercy to give everybody a second chance and a third chance and a 10,000 chance. I see mercy for fresh hope. Because when I look around this house, all I can see is the blood of the Lamb being reflected all over this house. Would you stand with me this morning? This is the house. This is the house of multiplied mercies. Isaiah 55 and 6 through 7 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways. Let the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Don't let the call, Lord's call go unheeded this morning. You're in the house of mercy. I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done, who you've done it with. This is the house of mercy. You say, but pastor, I don't feel worthy. Then you're not looking in the mirror yet. Because I see mercy all over this place. You've allowed your relationship with God to grow cold. Maybe it's been a while since you felt the refreshing and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your life. If you've drawn back from your walk with God and returned to your old habits and forsaken your worship and relationship with the Lord God altogether, then I'm asking you this morning, why don't you run to the house of multiplied mercies? Just before I open these altars, I want to make this one thing very clear. 
everybody in this house needs multiplied mercy today. See, we may think we know who needs to be there, but really it's me that needs to be there. I'm going to let my life reflect the multiplied mercies of God. Would you lift your hands right now and begin to pray just before we open these altars. I feel the touch of a sovereign God here today. I didn't know who would be here. You didn't know who would be here. But God knew who would be here. And God sent this preacher to say, you're in a house of multiplied mercies. You'll never go too far. You've not done too much. Child of God, saint of God, guest of ours, it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. Whether you've never given your life to God, whether you've never repented of your sins or been baptized or filled with His Spirit, it is absolutely irrelevant because all of us are standing in the same place today. We're standing here needing the sure mercies of God in our life. I'm praying that God will grant you the strength here in just the next few moments. That God will grant you the strength and the courage to step from where you are. I don't want you to stay on the front porch but I want you to have enough courage to walk into the house of a thousand mirrors. I want you to be able to walk into this altar today and not worried about any baggage that you might have. Not worried about what you think people might think about you, but you're so determined to get into the house of multiplied mercies that it doesn't matter your background with God. Amen. Whether you're first time here or you've been coming here for 30 years, all that matters is I want to get into the house of multiplied mercies. I open these altars right now. Is there anybody that wants to join me in this altar this morning and say, God, I need fresh mercies in my life. I need new mercies in my life. Come on, come on. He's moving in this place right now. In the name of Jesus, thank you. I know there's more. Thank you. It's the house of multiplied mercies. Come on, there's mirrors all over this house reflecting the mercies of God. There's mirrors in the house right now reflecting the mercies of God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Right where you are. If you're here in this altar, wherever you are, you ought to just lift those hands and reach out. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.